Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome back to the Outkick Bets podcast. I got the homie David Troy here with me, a.k.a. Future Press 2024, and we're here to break down the NBA Finals Game 3. The Heat Nuggets series goes down to South Beach Wednesday night. Uh, it's tied 1-1. Denver took Game 1, 104-93 Miami. Uh, even the series of the 111-108 victory in Game 2, and here we are. Ready to break it down. You ready to break it down. I am ready. We are here. I'm excited. Did you think Not this was going to be a 1-1 one, one series headed back to uh, South Beach? Mm, after game one, no. To start it, I thought it was possible. But after game one, I was like, mm, I think Nuggets probably win both games at home. So, um I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not shocked either that it's one-one. I, I just, uh, I wouldn't say that I would have predicted it to be this to to be game one Nuggets, game two Heat. I would have thought, if anything, maybe game one Heat, because they, you know, might have had a good plan for the Nuggets or something, and then game two, the Nuggets would respond. <clears throat> but I thought it was going to be a job. Everything out. Did I'm, you? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I was just saying that I, I said Game 7 also probably threw everything off. So, Yeah, I thought it was going to be a chop. Uh, I did take the points with Miami in Game 1 just because I thought it was too many points. They almost snuck in the yeah. back door there, um, yep. <laughs> which would have been an awesome beat or win for me. It was a frustrating way for uh, for that one to lose, actually. Yeah, it sucked. If only Nikola Jovic attempted a 3 instead of trying to go to the rack. And his fellow or he, Serbian. Even if he would have gotten the layup, wouldn't it have been a nine-point game and it would have been a push? Yeah, yeah. I, I gave it out at eight and a half, I think. Uh, well, actually, I gave it out at eight and a half, but I did, like, no. DraftKings had it at eight and a half, and I did one of those, like, write-arounds where I was like, hey, I love our yeah. sponsor, but, you know, maybe look in other places besides our sponsor, and, and perhaps you can find a nine. Um, yeah. So that's what I ended up doing, but it didn't get home. Um, I didn't even give out a play in game two uh, via outkick.com. I did give one out on my Twitter page, um, but I did take the heat to win the series after after game one at plus 550. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about doubling down on that now that it's even headed back to Miami and the Miami Heat are still plus 225 in this series. Uh, I love them in Game Three. I'm probably going to make my biggest bet of the year on on, on Game Three, the Miami Heat. Um, I think I think the odds are disrespectful, just like they were in Game One. Obviously, I got a little egg on my face still after the Game One result because the odds weren't 
disrespectful and <clears throat> Vegas or the sports books had it right. What are your lean likes or feelings coming into this game? Uh, I don't have uh, much confidence today in either one of the um, sides. I feel stronger about the total. Um, I personally think that the Nuggets are going to go over their total. That's kind of where my initial look is. Um, I do think taking the points with the Heat in almost any game this series will probably be your best bet just because they they are kind of getting disrespected. Everybody's kind of just assuming the Nuggets were going to sweep them or you know, win in five games or something like that. So taking the, the points with the Heat, as I did in the first game and uh, obviously got burned, I did not in the second game. I, I kind of wish I would have. Um, I took their team total, and they went over that with like four minutes to go in the game. So um, my my looks are, are more about the, the total in this one. I kind of like the over for the game, but I do think the Nuggets are going to score more than 107.5 points. That's what it is, the team total? Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that? Just like shooting regression or progression? Yeah, part of it is I think, you know, uh, Malone tried to go out of his way to do um, – to, to kind of call out his team for not being good enough. You saw that Jamal Murray was starting to heat up a little bit and uh, finally, like, kind of... He, he played better in the last quarter of the game than he did in the first three quarters. Um, if he can get hot, and he's shown that he can get hot, you know, on the road, as he did in game three against the Lakers, where he had 37 points after 37 at home, um, and that's, he also started heating up in the fourth quarter of that game... Um, you know, I, I think it bodes well for him. I, again, I, I don't feel like Miami has that huge of a home court advantage. I know that the Nuggets have not been very good on the road this season, but um, I, I think the adjustments that uh, Malone will make to try and combat some of what the adjustments were that Spolster made on Jokic should help kind of free up their offense a little bit more. Uh, you got guys like Michael Porter Jr. who are, who is not playing very well. Murray didn't have a great game. Um, it, it seemed like every role player on the Nuggets did not play well, essentially. And I, I think there's going to at least be some of them that play better in this one, which should give us um, the points we need. That's fair. Uh, Jamal Murray's end-of-game performance, he almost, um, he almost, he almost stole that game. Yeah, yeah. If that went to overtime, Denver was A, going to win, and B, probably going to cover the spread. <laughs> probably, yeah. I mean, I was, was shitting crazy. bricks. Yeah, he was going off. Um, but the the guys who, who spent the most time defending him in game two were Jimmy Butler and Caleb Martin. Neither one are, are, are good matchups or, or, or both difficult uh, players for him to score on. Um, when it went like – when his back was against the wall and they needed it, he started chucking and hitting tough shots. So yep. I don't know if that's like a sustainable game plan, but that is kind of how Jamal Murray plays. Like he's just a tough shot maker. Um, yeah, I agree. I just, I just, I don't know. It feels like the same thing over and over again with the Miami heat, whereas they're consistently undervalued by the market. They've won and covered um, all three of their game threes at home in this postseason two of which were against teams that were power-rated higher than the Denver Nuggets coming into the, the playoffs. 
uh, two of which actually had better offensive efficiencies in the regular season than uh, than the Nuggets. Um, and the Miami Heat waxed all three of those teams. They covered by an average of 22 points uh, per game in those three game three victories so far this playoffs. And I made a point that a few people, actually most people I tell think is stupid. I'll just say it anyways here again because whatever, I don't really care. I, I think there's value in this angle. But the Los Angeles Lakers were five-and-a-half-point favorites in game three against Denver. The Phoenix Suns were four-point favorites in game three at home against the Denver Nuggets. And now the, the Miami Heat are plus two-and-a-half at home. Game three of the NBA Finals after they had just won one game, whereas neither the Lakers or Phoenix won a game in Denver. I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah, that's accurate, right? Um, now I know there is a bit of there's a bunch of narrative in those in those odds, right? I mean, we and you talked about like there's no way the NBA is going to let the Lakers get swept. They're going to call in Scott Foster, or Tony Brothers, or whatever, and and the Lakers are going to win this game. Well, they didn't. Um, and then game three against uh, Phoenix, which which uh, Phoenix ended up winning, but it was it was it was a good game. But um, and, and this game with Miami Heat, like two and a half, I think it's very clear that the Miami Heat are better than the Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns, and yet they're getting disrespected by the market again. And I feel like, or most people I've told this to think it's like a square thought process like a a sucker thought process but then i look at the betting splits and like 90 percent of the money is on denver everyone thinks they're getting a cheap uh, number on the nuggets and that's where it's like i get more confidence in my opinion there where it's like well i don't know like the market the sports books they're putting out the number for us to gamble on and yeah i mean perhaps it's got a lot of like you know numbers and analytics in it in it, but it's also just like serving up something for the market. And if the market continues to find the the no value in the heat, I think there is some value zagging on it. So that's where I'm at. That's part of my rationale for liking the heat. So you and I talked for like felt like two hours last time when we did like the preview. Um, but do you happen to remember what I? said is like probably the key to this series i do not remind me three three point percentage okay all right in game one the heat actually were better off on three point percentage they were 33 percent as opposed to just under 30 percent for the nuggets the heat were way better in game two um they want so they won both of them which is a good indicator for the entire series. Um, I think I mentioned, I think, I think the heat have lost one game where they've now two, where they've actually outshot their opponent from three. Um, every other game that they've lost, they, they lost that three point battle battle, but, uh, 48% for the heat in game two, 39% for the nuggets. So it does seem like they, they both may be starting to, uh, find kind of a rhythm from behind the arc, start figuring things out on defense. And that's, that's another reason I kind of like the over. And I, I kind of like your thought here that the heat have actually been doing better than, than you probably expect. Like the final score obviously looked really close, but the heat were up 12 with like two minutes to go. 
before Murray kind of caught fire or whatever it was. Might not be, might not have been uh, two minutes, but and even in uh, game one, the Heat played well enough to at least stay within that game. Uh, they outscored Denver by ten in the fourth quarter. So, like, it, it is kind of disrespectful to just be like, well, Denver's going to go on the road and, and win this game by at least a basket, maybe two. Yeah. And so. people keep saying, like, keep reverting back to, like, well, the Miami Heat shot badly, poorly from three in the regular season. It's like, well, the same team led the league in NBA three-point percentage the year before that. And, yeah. like... I don't know, 28 games is enough where maybe this team is locked in right now. And Denver's defensive ceiling is, in my opinion, very, very low. Like, they are not a good defensive team. Nikola Jokic has to be out there, obviously. He's the best player in the world. He's a defensive liability in in this spot, especially a team that can attack the rim with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And I I frankly think Bam Adebayo's offense is going to continue to be pretty good here. Um, and the, about the three-point shot, the, the Miami Heat are averaging four more wide-open three-point attempts through the first two games of the series uh, per game than, than the Denver Nuggets. And I think that's sustainable, frankly, because the Denver Nuggets look disorganized on defense. Like, Jamal Murray is not a good defensive player. Nikola Jokic is not a good defensive player. Michael Porter Jr. doesn't even really consider defense. Um, and like, we'll talk about him, uh, later. So I won't, I guess I won't go any further into that, but like, I think Nikola Jokic is somewhat underrated defensively, but in this series, like he's not making a defensive impact. Aaron Gordon, KCP, very good defenders, but like, that's not enough apparently. Right. Cause they, they keep getting open looks, right? They keep getting open looks. I'm like, yeah, we can look at the first game margin, 11 points. Denver was comfortably ahead. They were up by 24 at one point in the second half. Right. But if any of those nine or if like a few of those nine wide open three-pointers from Max Schroes go in, that game switches. First of all, you got nine points one way. The other is like Max Schroes got a bunch of cornered threes, right? Phil Jackson, as you probably remember, hated corner threes because a missed corner three almost always leads to a wide open layup on the other end. It almost always does. So like if a couple of those threes go in, they're inbounding the ball from under their basket. They're not getting out in transition, getting easy looks on the other side. So it just changes the rhythm of the, and the flow of the game. And I don't know, like, I I just think that I think Miami's three point shooting, frankly, is sustainable. Are they going to hit 50% of them next game? 75 of, 34 another set or 17 of 34 um removing one heave out of there because they were technically 17 35 but one was just like a fucking end of end of the quarter chuck sure i mean 50 percent on that rate is probably a little lofty but they get to 37 to 40 i I think that's reasonable so and i don't know i guess i'm just kind of digging in the trenches here and and the the finals comp that I thought about, actually, that I want to run past you. This kind of feels like the Lakers versus the Detroit Pistons in 2004. Right? I knew that was where you're going. Well, how did you know that? Did I tell you that already? Well, I think we might have talked about that before, but um, I, I, you might have brought it up, but it, it just seems like one of those series where almost everybody expected the team with the kind of superstar to win versus the team with the scrappy players. Yeah. And that's what that's what the Pistons were when they won. Yeah, like you look at game one of that series. 
Pistons won 87 to 75. Completely different era of basketball. So mm-hmm. obviously, maybe take this with a bit of uh, uh, a grain of salt, perhaps. But Kobe scored 25 points. It was inefficient, 17 to 27, right? Shaq, 34 points on 13 to 16 shooting. Right, so they're 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 star ball uh, their star players balled out, but the the rest of the team sucked. Like I'll give you Jamal Murray's nasty, I'll give you Nikola Jokic's nasty, but can you really count on Michael Porter Jr.? Can you count on K- KCP or Aaron Gordon? Aaron Gordon last yesterday was five of seven or in game two five of seven. I think he had like fifteen points, very efficient, but he kind of went missing, and that's kind of what he does. Right, and whereas like to me this 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 Heat team gives me similar vibes to that Pistons team because they they all know their roles, they have an identity, they're well coached, they can they can play good team defense, and no one ever like expected them to win that series until it got to like Game Four and they were up like three one. It was like uh oh. or Game uh, Five and they're up like three one and it's like oh shit and they end up winning in Game Five. So, I don't know. Like, to me, that Laker team would shit on this Nuggets team. Uh, I, I know, again, it's a different era, but I just feel as though no one's given Miami a chance, and they have a very, very uh, solid team. Obviously, they're in the championship. So, I'm on the Heat plus two and a half. Any closing thoughts about the side or the series? Uh... I guess, I, I guess for, by you. for a thought on the series is if you can't get that um, number, that 550, which you still you can't. I think it's down to two something to win. I would actually look towards Bam Adebayo being the Finals MVP. He's easily been the best player on the Heat so far through two games. If they win the series, you're looking at five and a half to one on him to win it. Yeah, it's not bad value. Yeah, and people keep saying like, well, it usually goes to the best player on the best team or on the winning team, and it's like, yeah, but, like, for the full season, I understand Jimmy Butler has had just amazing games in this postseason. He's looked like an alpha, and he, and he is an alpha. Sure. But, like, in this series, it's harder for Jimmy Butler to get what he wants to get going, considering his ankle injury, whereas, like, every – if I'm if i if I'm Spolstra, every time Bam catches the ball in the high post – turns around faces up and Jokic and Jokic backs up I'd be like do whatever shoot the face up go to the rack do whatever he is weak defensively against you like he is you could tell Jokic is nervous about it yeah and in in fairness I felt Jokic looked really frustrated and tired at the end of the last game and if you were watching like the fourth quarter there were very specific stretches where they didn't call this on Jokic, and if I was the Heat, I would have sent in this tape like immediately and been like, your refs need to watch this shit. Where Jokic's footwork was way off, and even when he was like trying to do his turns to the basket, his foot, he would be either traveling or he would kind of plow into his defender. And they didn't call anything, but that was stuff that was clearly because of either frustration or tiredness. And... uh yeah, that that comes also from Bam putting pressure on him on the other side. If you're not making him do anything, he has more energy for the offense where he's more effective. So, exactly, Bam is definitely the key to this this series, winning the series for sure. 
Yeah, that was my point to you, I think, or one of the points that I had when we were previewing the series where it's yeah. just like if if Bam could give him 20 and 10 back, like that's the best Miami can ask for real, realistically. Like you're not you're not stopping the guy. That's not going to happen. You you have to try to like somewhat match him or offset it with your own production if you're Bam Adebayo. Yeah, I fully agree. Um, well, I have three player props. And for the um, game? Yeah, for the game. I was able to, oh. to land on them. Do you have any okay. player props? Uh, I Actually, to be fully transparent, I haven't actually bet anything. The, the stuff that I've talked about so far are just leans, and um, same will be said with this. So, Okay. Well, I'm going to go <clears throat> under Jimmy Butler, six and a half assists. Um, okay. It got a bit of an odds cheat code here. Because at DraftKings, they're minus, it's minus 110, and the over is juiced to minus 120. In fact, all the U.S. legal sports books have the over juiced, um, but the under cheaper, um, mm-hmm. except for Pinnacle. Pinnacle has the under juiced and the over cheaper. And Pinnacle is a, uh, is a sharper sports book. So when their numbers are different than the legal shops, then I usually attack those props. And I've had success in the playoffs doing that. It's kind of like a new angle that I'm, that I'm working here. And from there, I try to like dig a little deeper to like, all right, how can I make some basketball sense of this? Right? Like why I'm not going to just blindly follow pinnacle because they're, they have a different number than the, than the rest of the market. So he's actually had, I mean, Jimmy Butler's lauded for his, his, his playmaking. And that's absolutely true. But he's had under seven assists in 12 of the 19 playoff games this year, right? Right? And, like, he hasn't really gotten going offensively. Like, he has passed the ball, and he's actually went over six and a half assists in all four games against Denver, including the regular season, obviously. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be, I think, a little more pressure for him to get going offensively and score. So I think he's going to be more aggressive on that side and and, – his point prop is at 25 and a half, which is probably the lowest he's been in a while. Um, he's also only had seven plus assists in 20 of 64 regular season games. And Tyler Hero's status is questionable, but if he ends up giving it a go, that's going to be, you know, the ball's going to be in Butler's hands less theoretically. Plus, I think, you know, they're going to try to play through Bam more so since they're having success doing that. And Bam. Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent, all of them are kind of capable ball handlers, could take the ball out of Jimmy Butler's hands enough to where he doesn't go over the number. So, again, the way that I got there is the noticing the the pricing being different on Pinnacle, but I, I do think there is some basketball logic to it. Okay, I can see it. And it's like... That could stay under. He could be making crazy plays, and that could still stay under because his crazy plays turn into hockey assists, or you get missed, missed threes even though they're wide open, stuff like that. So it's not just like, like it isn't just on Jimmy Butler to get over the assist. He needs the, the his teammates to make the assist happen. So oh, yeah, I mean, f- go ahead. I think you got a good point there with with the hero stuff. The only question is going to be how much Hero actually plays and everything. So relying on him is uh, – we should know more today because he was supposed to go through his full contact uh, practice today. Um, I don't even believe that, though. That he is going through it? 
I don't believe we'll learn more because the NBA media is fucking worthless. And you know Eric Spolster will want to try to like hide or play things close to the vest. And the NBA media is going to dig any deeper. So like whatever Eric Spolstra says, says in the press conference, that's what will be reported. He'll probably be like, well, he's if he looked pretty good, but there's still some more work to be done. It'll be a game time decision. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> like you sure. said nothing, bro. Thanks, dude. Which yeah. is his prerogative. I, I, I I know this will probably get me like killed, but I don't know that Hero actually makes the Heat better. Yeah, I hate that. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna get you killed, but I hate that take. I I don't I don't know. He's not good on defense. If his shots off, he's literally a worthless player. And you could say that probably about Struess and and Duncan Robinson too, and, and Jamal Hero, Murray. Jamal Murray, you could say, yeah, you could say it about a lot of guys. Mostly the NBA, is, in fact. Like, yeah. like, what if Damian Lillard's shot's not going down? Well, then, then yeah, you're effed, right? I mean, yeah. the, and there's a lot of players you could say that for. But, but continue. I'm sorry. I guess my point was more that like, uh, <clears throat> Hero at least can help out with, uh, you know, getting some other guys involved, but he also hasn't played in a long time. How much is he going to want to just like try and jack off shots so that he can get as many off as he can um, to see where he's at and that kind of stuff. And I don't know that that's a good strategy for the heat. Um, plus that takes your rotation of Robinson and Struess and even Gabe Vincent that changes that up quite a bit. Lowry as well. So some of that stuff like kind of makes me wonder today Vincent, Struess, and Lowry are all juiced to the over for their point total, which makes me think that if Hero plays, he's not going to play much, at least according to the book. That's a fair point. I like that. Um, I disagree with you and with a lot of people that are saying that. I think Miami can, can D up here. They're, they're, the big question mark is can they get points and who are they going to get points from? And Tyler Hero is a certified bucket getter. He is. And I'm looking at his on-off net rating through his first four years. His rookie year, which, you know, he balled out in the bubble and was a big reason or a part of the reason why the, the Heat made the finals. He had a mm-hmm. minus 7.7 um, on-off net rating. The next year, minus 4.7. Third year, plus 2.7, where he won sixth man of the year. And this year, plus 7.7, where he led the Miami Heat during the regular season. Um, I think he's established a role in, on the Miami Heat, and I think he's going to, if if he can come back and hit the ground running, I think his pick and roll offense is just going to massacre Jokic and, and, and Jamal Murray. And if I am Spolstra, I'm going to let him jack up shots at least initially to see where he's at, right? Because that's what he does. I don't want him trying to like fit into the system or. Or trying to like play outside of it of himself or his comfort uh, his comfort level. It's like, dude, go out there and get us buckets. That that's kind of what we need. That's what I would think. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I, I agree, and I I would only say too. Spolstra is a good enough coach where if something's not working, he he's not worried to pull somebody. I mean, Caleb Martin started game one and played like. 
barely anything, I think. Maybe played a lot, but... Uh, He's battling some sort of sickness, too, and yeah. just he aren't going to force it, and they just kind of sat him. Right. Like, all right, whatever. Second, yeah, the second game he played 21 minutes, which is still a lot, but um, he didn't start. And then Kevin Love played 22 minutes in game two and got 10 rebounds. He didn't play in game one. Yeah. So, yeah. like... I mean, Spolstra is willing to just be like, all right, this guy's going to go tonight. And, uh, oh, Duncan Robinson, you're going to go ahead and, like, play in the fourth quarter and drop 10 points in two minutes. Go ahead. Great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, he's willing to do crazy shit, and yeah, I don't, I don't think Tyler here returning, averaging twenty points per game, having this great of an on-off net rating, and winning the Sixth Man of the Year is that crazy of a move? Honestly, I, I think they could use his offense. I do. I, I but like all my basketball homies, seemingly are down on him and don't like him, and it's because he's a defensive liability. And my pushback on that is like. Is Mac like is Max Struess a good enough defender to make up for his inconsistency on offense, whereas Tyler Hero can get buckets? And my my answer to that is no, absolutely not. Okay, I mean, I mean, like Max Struess we'll isn't isn't a lockdown defender, and they need him to hit threes. Who would you rather shoot the threes, him or Tyler Hero? Come on, come on, look up the numbers. What do you think A three specifically? Yes. I'd rather have have Max Struess shooting a three for me than than Tyler Hero. (sighs) I think Tyler Hero is very overrated. I I do. I'm picking up on that. Maybe it's because I also can't stand the things that he wears to games and how (laughs) much of a a little fuckboy he looks like. But, uh, yeah, not for me. So Tyler here on the regular season shot 38% from three and okay. Max Struess shot 35%. Okay. Fair. All right. Well, Man. I mean, just Max Struess has literally never been better than Tyler Hero offensively. Not since both of them were born. Wait, hold on. Max Struess 26, <laughs> Tyler Hero's 20. Yeah. There's never been a time where Max Struess is better at basketball than Tyler Hero. Never. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I... It's because it's, you're racist against his fashion. That's what it is. You're racist is against Tyler is? Hero's fashion. You you just that, outed yourself as a as a Tyler Hero hater because he wears these goofy the whole, ass bucket hats. That's the whole reason. Yeah, <laughs> he's wearing cargo shorts and I don't even know like Timberlands. I get. Yeah, it. I don't know. I'm not a hero guy. I just am not. So well, he might not even play. And either way, yeah. Bam. And Lowry's assist numbers are juiced to the over as well, which is another reason like. I'm going under on Butler assists. Yeah, that makes sense. That seems like we went like ten miles away from that, <laughs> that player prop. I brought it back, even if it wasn't you very sure organic. Yeah. It's all good. All right, next player prop I want to run by you. Thanks for entertaining right, cool. me here. And if yeah. you have one, or you have like any, uh, I don't know, any uh, anything that that jumps any out more. to you, go ahead and fire it off at uh, fire it off as well. But you just mentioned this guy. 
Kevin Love. I'm going over yeah. 1.3 uh, made three pointers, heavily juiced to the over plus one seventy five. It's heavily juiced, excuse me, to the under plus one seventy five in the over. But I'm I'm hitting the over here. He's had two three pointers made in ten of his seventeen postseason games this year. He played like really good defense on Aaron Gordon, and I think he earned another shot in the starting rotation because they need his size, right? And they, even if it's just like. To see him out there for 10, 15 minutes. And if he doesn't have it, maybe then you can pull him. But they need his size. They need his rebounding. Those outlet passes work, especially against a Nuggets defense that isn't very good. Um, especially in those situations where Jokic gets underneath the basket. And you get those quick runouts and he, he can he can throw it forward. And I think his rebounding, his defense, and his passing... Like Miami and his teammates are gonna reward him with like those pick and pop threes, and frankly, I don't think there's any defensive Denver defensive bandwidth dedicated towards Kevin Love because they don't really know what they're getting. Maybe he plays five minutes, maybe he plays twenty five minutes. Bam's gonna get more love. Gabe Vincent, J- Jimmy Butler, obviously. Like Kevin Love is kind of a lost man in the offense in that sense. So I think they're gonna reward him. With threes, if he can play some pretty good defense and, and, and rebound. And plus 175 is just a chunky number that I'm obviously chasing value on. So, I mean, I think with one and a half threes at plus 175, you don't need that many explanations. You, you know that I'm I'm gambling here. But, like, does at least my math check out? Or, like, did I show my math at least as to why it's not a terrible bet? Yeah, I think you did, but I think you are right. You're kind of just telling people at this point, like, it's a more of a, a gut feeling than it is, like, a for sure thing or something that they should really even necessarily tail. It's more like it's within the realm of possibility, but we already just talked about it, too. He didn't even play in game one, and then game two he plays 22 minutes or whatever it was. So um, if Caleb Martin's feeling better, that you know he's back in, you can't really count on Love to play good defense. He obviously did in this one. But with all that being said, two threes from Kevin Love in 20 minutes of basketball should not be unexpected. Yeah. Uh, a couple rebuttals that I have to what you said, though. Like, there is a very specific reason he didn't start in game one. A, he's been dealing with a back injury. B, Caleb Martin. People are arguing that guy should win the Larry Bird trophy for how well he played. And in our NBA finals preview, I was all over him and, 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 and how well he played in the, the, his defensive uh, versatility and his ability to create his own shot and hit threes. Right. So I like Caleb Martin, but like with him out there, the, the Miami got bullied on the interior and Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Kevin Love isn't a very good defender, but You've seen him show up in spots and stay in front of guys, stay in front of guys uh, who are trying to take him off the dribble. And, like, to me, this is maybe another thing where he differ, but, like, I think Aaron Gordon is a is a beta. And I'm not even sure what the Greek letter is for below a beta. The I guess delta, but that doesn't work. Like, what what's the C word for... Like, I, I don't think you can count on him offensively, basically. And I don't think they're going to look at Kevin Love guarding Aaron Gordon and be like, okay, that's where we need to attack. Like, I just think Aaron Gordon's going to kind of go missing because that's what he always does. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say 
Gordon, I think, is juiced to the over as well for points. Um, that's actually kind of a, like, a look I like here. Aaron Gordon is minus 125 to go over 0.53s. It's because he's shooting but, really well, and it makes sense. Yeah, he's he's playing fairly well overall, and they don't really have anybody to guard him officially. Um, Love, again, not great at defense. So, yeah, I, I mean, your point, I think your point's made. I think it, it makes total sense. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily tail it just because I do think there's such a drastic range of possibilities for Kevin Love from any, I mean, it could be anything as simple as he's going to play 25 minutes to him not even getting any floor time in the next game. Yeah. Just because Spolstra is not, I mean, he's not going to be tied into anything other than making sure that Bam and Jimmy play the most in the game. That's fair. I just think unless he's terrible, he's going to get 20, 20 minutes. I mean, 10 yeah. rebounds in 22 minutes, like, damn, dude. Like, that's kind of balling. That is that is hard to argue with, that's for sure. I mean, that, that's good results. That's good production. Yeah. Yeah, his, his rebounding is juiced over today, too. Over four and a half at minus 175. Yeah, it's just like a – it's like a – you play – and you're, you're – I mean, you play as a big, right, mostly? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Either way, like you get you get basketball where it's just kind of like it's like our big is rebounding. He's getting back on defense. He's making assists. Like let's let's get him some looks here. And what's the best look for Kevin Love? Like they're not. He's past the day of what's like. All right, get on the block, dude. Post you up, and that's not really great offense nowadays. Like gonna be those pick and pops. Like hey, let's keep him engaged. Let's keep him rebounding. You know? Yeah. It's like the same shit where if if your big's gonna run the floor. You better kick it to him when he's fucking charging the basket, right? Like dude's running yeah. the floor in the fast break. He know he's no longer a star. He knows it, and yeah. he's accepted his role. And he's, you know, if if the Heat are coming up to him and saying, "Look, give us fifteen of the best minutes you can possibly give us," he probably is like, "All right, I'm gonna bust my ass the entire fifteen minutes. I'll do it." Yeah. So, I mean, really, all I'm looking for out of Kevin Love is he he went two for six last game. If he can get six, five or six threes, I'll live with the results at that point. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. if he goes zero for six, like, as long as he takes five or six threes, I feel like I made the right bet, and that's kind of yeah, what I'm betting. I, I'd agree with that for sure. Yeah. I, I agree with that for sure. All right, last uh, player prop I want to run past you. It kind of is contrary to my previous like odds cheat code because mm-hmm. the odds for Michael Porter on your under fourteen and a half points is cheaper on Pinnacle, on all the legal sports books. So you would say, based on that, the sharper side would be his over. Um, but I'm going under Michael Porter Jr., 14.5 points. Unders are typically a good look for player props, especially in like championship games. Um, and there's two outs for this under to cash. One, I per- and this is both of which I, I, I believe, but this one I, I believe more so in, he could be too young for NBA Finals competition. That could be a thing, right? He could be shook. Mm, I yeah, I don't know what the hell was going on these last two games. I I will say one of my bets in the game in the first game was his over on points. So it was I think fifteen and a half that game, and um, he got to fourteen. I think he had ten at halftime. Halftime, 
and he was shot. He ended up shooting two for eleven from three, mm-hmm. and now he is officially for the the series. He is three for seventeen, so he's not shooting well at all from deep, which takes you out of rhythm, takes you out of other things. Um, you know, it was pretty obvious who uh, Malone was talking about after in the game, saying somebody feeling sorry for himself and all that. So the only reason I'm staying off of Porter altogether is either he's going to have a quick hook by Malone because they're going to be like, look, you're not, you're, you're doing it again. You're pouting, you're missing your shots, or he's going to come and be ready to contribute in a bunch of different ways, either be aggressive to the basket, play, you know, kind of tougher, get, and I also don't think he's this bad of a shooter. I mean, three for 17, even, even if uh, Miami's playing good defense on him, he's a better shooter than that. So Absolutely. I'm just not playing it one way or the other. Yeah, that well, what you mentioned about what Mike Malone said, where we was obviously talking about Michael Porter Jr. That was my other point here. It's like he could he could be in the doghouse. Like Bruce yeah. Brown has given them good minutes. I actually yeah. like Bruce Brown's game and wouldn't mind if I was a Denver fan seeing more of Bruce Brown in Game Three. And I I really like Michael Porter Jr.'s game. I like the way he attacks the uh, crashes of the glass. He can hit shots from anywhere, but I do think there is something to NBA Finals experience, and he could be kind of shook or slash getting punked in this series, frankly. Um, Max Struess has been his primary defender, and I just like the idea of where it's like, Max Struess, this guy does the exact same thing as you. I mean, he's a better rebounder, right? He's longer, but like you know he's looking to space the floor and, and, and hit open threes. Do better then you, your job needs to be to beat him at that exact thing. So I like that they're, you know, have a similar mentality or Max Truss has a similar mentality type thing. So he knows how he's going to play. Um, yeah. Michael Porter Jr. has the worst offensive rating for Denver in the NBA Finals. He only played five minutes in the fourth quarter of game two. And a, a big reason why he played five minutes because KCP actually fouled out. I think he would have just been sat in the fourth quarter uh, completely. Um and against the Heat this year, he's only got a forty-nine percent true shooting, thirty-eight percent from the field, thirty-nine percent from the field, thirty-one percent from uh, from behind the arc. This is in the regular season, average thirteen and a half points per game. All those numbers are down um, so far in the playoffs. So um, I don't know. It's hard to call an under and a player pop square because it's usually not the square look, but. It, here by the by the market that that most well, liabilities on the over but i'm gonna zag here and just say hey michael porter jr's got a bunch of reasons to not go over this total and i think he, he'll stay under and plus like couldn't that ship be in his head where it's like everyone saw the the image right where every nugget was wide open looking at him and he shot a fadeaway anyways like he has social media, right? He sees that. He heard what Michael Malone said. And I'm sure Michael Malone said it specifically to him afterwards. Like, he's a young player. Maybe it's just that gets in his head. He is reluctant to shoot in game three. Did you uh, did you happen to see the J.J. Redick thing with him? Um, no. He was on Redick's podcast, and Redick brought up something about he kind of like almost how he hates people who don't or how they do like uh, jump shots from threes instead of set shots or something. Um, and like Michael Porter Jr. gave this really long explanation that basically was like, yeah, I intentionally do everything the way that I do it. Just like, okay. Yeah. Interesting. But, okay. So, 
Hmm. I, think I just thought Carter, it was interesting. It was yeah. nothing. Yeah. I think he's a good offensive player. I do. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I yeah, already gave so all my reasons for the under, and I, and I stick with it. So, also, going back to the original handicap of the game itself, and you saying Miami is not a very intimidating place to play. Well, I think Miami fans are the most fair weather fans in oh, really all sure. of sports, but like this is the moment that the fair weather fans show up. And sometimes they like try to overcompensate, right? Cause they knew they were fair weather fans the whole time. So now they want to pretend like they're fucking crazy about the Miami heat when they're, they're not really. And I yeah. think they've had a good home crowd in, in the postseason, frankly. Mm. I don't know if I'd go that far. I just, I still don't really buy into it that they're, uh, they have a great home crowd at all. I don't, I don't think I've seen a game that I was like, yeah, the crowd seems to be really into it, especially early. It's like they all show up late too. I think Celtics game three, man, they were, they were jacked. They, they knew the Celtics were on their heels. Maybe. I thought it was a good crowd. Fair enough. And just how it relates to Michael Porter Jr. It's like, if he didn't shoot well in Denver, I don't know, is he going to shoot well in Miami? Maybe, yeah. maybe. Fair but. point. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. All right, so I'm on the Heat plus two and a half. I'm going under um, Jimmy Butler, six and a half assists. I'm going over Kevin Love, threes at plus 175. And I'm going under Michael Porter Jr., 14 and a half points. A pretty diversified portfolio, if I may say so, my, say so myself. I like it. Yeah, it is uh, quite a few different options available for people. Yeah, if you're going to be gambling like me on Wednesday, maybe follow or, or fade some of my picks. If you want to, what is it, lay minus 210 that Kevin Love goes under those one and a half made threes, well, and yeah, you're just a great. Yeah. That's a big yeah. number. Yeah, that is a big one. Well, do you have any official plays you're willing to give out? Going over I, your, I would Aaron say Gordon? the one that, yeah, the, the one that I really like so far is the Aaron Gordon over over half a three. So he just has to make one. Um, I went under that that in game two and he hit two of them. Did you? Yeah. So, I mean, he's actually shooting better than he normally is, but this guy's also getting a ton of open shots, like in the playoffs. Like they're, they're basically saying, all right, well we've guarded the other four of them. Aaron Gordon happens to be at three. If he's going to hit a three, fine. The only problem I kind of have with this is he shot a total of three threes in this series. He shot a total of, 11 threes against the Lakers. So it's not like he's getting a ton of volume. Um, but I do think like you're not asking for much, obviously one shot. Fine. Not, not that big a deal. And on the road this season, um, and this is obviously going back for the full season, not just the playoffs, but on the road this season, he shot almost three threes a game and he hit over one, three a game on the road, as opposed to at home where he was 0.7 for 2.3 attempts. So I I just think it's a, a fair look. I'm not saying that's an official thing right now, but that was one of the ones that stood out to me when I was doing some of the research. Just threes, not points? Just threes. Gotcha. Yeah, his, okay. points, his points uh, could be another option as well, but even that, like I was, I was thinking about that earlier too. Game one, he took 10 shots. He went down to seven shots in this one. And if he didn't hit those two threes, he wouldn't even gotten to 12 points. And his total right now is listed at 12 and a half. So 
little concerning for me. Like I, I think it's more likely that he can hit one three than than it is that he necessarily gets thirteen or more points. Yeah. Well, I want to say Gordon's over on points juice. Maybe I'm maybe I'm reaching here, but I think it helps my Porter Junior under a little bit because it's like hey, I would I would agree. We gotta like we need more out of you, man. This kid, this kid sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. We need, like, we need more points. He's shooting us out of games. Get a, you know figure something out. Yeah. Like take the shots instead of passing it to him. Yeah, and that, I mean Gordon doesn't even always play at the three. He almost plays like the dunker position a lot. Mm-hmm. So him being out by the arc, I mean. It's going to be few and far it. between. Yeah, exactly. So, especially if Kevin Love is the one out there, it's like he's more worried yes. about like going to you, you going to Jokic or getting the rebound. Help off, yeah. Especially, yep. he's like going to close out on a guy who probably won't even shoot it. Right, I agree with that. So, oh. good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, we'll see. See what happens. If the Heat win this game, I should probably bet the Nuggets for the series, right? Just to kind of yes. like lock up a, a win, even though I hate yeah, doing my- that. Yeah, but my guess is that you're not going to get plus money on the Nuggets, even if the Heat win. I think it'll probably be, like, even money. So you're saying I should bet the Heat again? <laughs> if the Heat if the Heat win this game, the the odds for the championship will probably be minus 110 both ways. That's fair. I would just roll out, baby. Well, I mean, at that point, you know, if you're at plus 550, you might as well at least get your bet back. Then you're up four, maybe maybe even two units. You, you could, uh, you know, be up three on one, and you'll be up one on the other. So. Let me tell you, future pres, I like to live dangerously. There you go. I like it. Well, whatever. Do whatever the hell you want, Jeff. Yeah, that's not life-changing <laughs> money. I mean, it'd be a nice little score, but whatever, dude. Yeah, I got you. Nah, it's fun though. It's it's nice to have those tickets in your pocket, and that you know I, I've brought this up before. Just because you lose a future, not that you're necessarily gonna lose this one, but like, just because you lose a future doesn't mean it was a bad bet or anything. Like you can yeah. find different ways to make them valuable. I think my three consecutive years of betting the Clippers to win the NBA Finals were bad future bets, though. And if, if, Miami, if Miami beats Denver, dude, I'm gonna be like, see, I knew a Philly healthy or a fully healthy Clippers team were the best team in the West, and then I'm gonna bet them next year, and there's <laughs> yeah. no way that wins. Oh uh, God, I'm actually surprised Tyron Lue is uh, still on the team. I thought he would have been fired by now. Why? He's because he's doing a they, good job. They talked about how he like. There was some internal conversation about how he he essentially like tried to lose those games, like he was doing shit to to make the Clippers lose on purpose at this point. Whoa, I haven't yeah. heard that. I have to Google that one. Yeah, you'll have to look into it because that that was one of the conversations is that he's he's like just fed up with the management and all this stuff. Gotcha. So, if this series is tied, or excuse me, it's gonna go back to Denver for a game five and maybe we reconnect Monday for a little podcast. Yeah, whatever. Happy to do it. All right. Well, homies, follow David at Future Prez 2024 on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeffrey underscore Clark. Check out our handicaps. We're producing stuff daily at Outkick Bets or Outkick.com backslash betting. Uh, I might talk to you guys later today with some RBC Canadian Open bets, but until next time, peace. Peace.